Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hi, this is Justin Scott, the atheist from Iowa. Yeah, I really never listened to I Doubt It with Dalimore. Pretty much, I really never, ever listened to it. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right. Welcome to the show, the big, big show. Episode 199 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host for almost 200 episodes, Jesse Dalamore. Sitting across from me, the lovely and talented Brittany Page. Hello. How are you, co-host? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I laugh, well, because I like to laugh. Mm-hmm. Because you apparently sure do. It, uh, it keeps the doctor away. Oh, does it? Much like an apple every day or so. Mm-hmm. But I laugh now because we just got here. To record. And while on the way, in the same vehicle, the audience knows, m- many of the audience know, that we live in Orange County, California, which is a well, 30 minutes or so out of L.A., south of L.A., in a, in a douchely rich area. Mm-hmm. We are not douchely rich. No. But we live in an area that houses <laughs> many rich douches. Let's put it this way. It is, to say it is not uncommon to see a Lamborghini is not really doing, I, every day I would say I see, unless I don't leave the house. <laughs> every day mm-hmm. I see some kind of douche car, like a Lamborghini or a Rolls Royce parked at the place where you eat pho. Okay, well, I those aren't douche cars. They're just rich people cars. No, there's no reason to own that. You're right. Okay. Okay. You're, you're right. All right. So anyway, we're, we're at a stoplight. Mm-hmm. You will remember, because it just happened to us, Brittany Page. Uh-huh. We're at a stoplight, and I'm just waiting to turn left, and I hear Brittany go, oh, no. Like, oh, what what happened? What happened? And I turned to her and she says, I was just looking out the window, staring out the window, and this she catches the glimpse of, of the guy ne- sitting next to us in a Lamborghini, mm-hmm. and he feels real cool and good about himself because he thought you were staring at his car and you just happened to be staring out the window. That was my understanding of it. Yeah, I mean, well, it, you know... <laughs> Orange County, this is just a very superficial area, and it's all about, you know, what you're wearing, what you look like, what kind of car you drive, how much money you make. That's very much, 
important and central to people's identity in Orange County. Of course, not everybody, but generally Orange County is known for that. Right. And so TV shows. Right. About the OC and Laguna Beach. Right. And, you know. So people people know um, from those things and also like the housewives of Orange County or something. I think it might be Orange County. Although I think they have multiple housewives. But anyway, you get the point. And. These people, though, they drive these cars and, you know, they want looks. They want... Well, they're, yeah, they're certainly not driving them because of their fuel economy. Yeah, or because they want to be just like anybody else or left alone. Like, you're driving your Lamborghini because you're like, hey, look, I have a Lamborghini. Which, right. great, I'd love to drive a Lamborghini, but, you know... Um, <laughs> well, it's not like they're driving, you know, an uh, an S500 or an S550 Mercedes... Or a BMW 750i, you know, a normal rich person car. It's not <laughs> a, a normal, normal rich person car. This isn't no. This isn't a normal rich person car. It's ostentatious, and it screams little wiener and look at me. Well, I think that's a little excessive, but well, you can think what you want. I say what I want. It so. is. <laughs> it is definitely. I think an attention thing. And, yes. and you know why wouldn't it be? I mean, it's it's. You want people to look at your cool car. That's, well, there, that's what you want. It's you know? also, listen, if you're driving a lime green car, right. it's for attention. Right. So I don't like getting caught giving people attention when they want the attention. <laughs> uh, and it happened. And so I was like, damn it. But you um, weren't even looking at the car. No, I might have been looking at the car, but oh, I, oh, I wow. <laughs> now the truth comes out. Well, I don't know. It's hard not to look at the cars because they're cool and they're nice and, you know, they're hmm. pretty. Yeah. If you like fluorescent green. And I would really seriously, I would love to drive a Lamborghini. That would be awesome. <laughs> I think they have those. You know, go to a track and, you know, race car experience, NASCAR experience things where you can rent one and drive it around. Yeah, I can't be trusted to do that. <laughs> because you'll steal the car or you'll wreck the no, car. No, what happens if you wreck the car? What I'm happens? I'm sure they have insurance to cover that. Uh, I don't want to be wrapped up in that. It's not like your normal auto policy is going to cover that. <laughs> yeah, of course. So anyway, Brittany is walking in to do the show today. Feeling bad that she made that guy's day. No. <laughs> no, that is not. That's not the case. I'm sure that at every stoplight he's at, he's getting looks from people. So his day's being made all day well, I, by everybody. I was under the impression that what happened was you just happened to be caught in a, what is commonly referred to as a, a thousand yard stare, mm. which has happened to me many times. In fact, there's been times where I'm in public let's say a coffee shop and I'm just staring off into space and then I snap out of it and someone's staring at me because I'm looking right at their face. That's creepy. Yeah. Well, there's been multiple times that when I get that, I'll just, I'll say out loud. Yeah, I know I'm not staring at you. I'm just staring into space and you happen to be in the, in the path of where I look, I'm looking. Okay. I think and you... then they think I'm even crazier that <laughs> right. I said something about it. I think you need to get this under control. Under control? This I didn't sounds... say it happens all the time. No, this sounds like a very serious problem. <laughs> because if I was sitting in a coffee shop and someone was staring, just staring at me, and then they finally came alive and said... <laughs> Oh, I'm not. I'm just like staring off into space. I'd be like, no, you're not. You're lying right now. You're being a creeper. And this yeah, is but weird. I am. I am just staring into space. Mm-hmm. It's just 
Really? I'm staring <laughs> at the, the middle-aged lady. I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm just over here heavy breathing. You never know. I yeah. don't know what is going on. I do because I know what's in my head. Okay. All right. God damn. Well, it still is being perceived as creepy. I can oh, tell you yeah, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So do you think it's more creepy that I come clean and just say, oh, hey, by the way, I wasn't staring at you, or should I just avert my gaze real quick and act like it never happened? Oh, that's tough. I guess... Because I always just come right out. Oh, hey, by the way, nope. And then they get a little bit more freaked out. So maybe I should just look away. I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Maybe yeah. just quit doing it. <laughs> I Sometimes I space out. I can't help it. <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> You're not harming anybody, so I guess it's fine. All right. Moving on. Well, let's get to a little listener feedback. How you like that? That is kind of the order of things, is it not? It is. <laughs> and it's from one of our favorites, Kathy in Boise. Hey, guys. Kathy from Boise. Just had a quick thought I wanted to share. Uh, just finished listening to the 10th GOP debate episode uh, for Patreon listeners. And years ago, I dated a guy briefly. But uh, my favorite takeaway from that relationship was his quote, when you argue with an idiot, no one can tell the difference. And I guess that just beautifully sums up for me what's happening right now with Trump and his fellow clowns on stage. Anyway, thought I'd just share that with you guys. Hopefully you get a chuckle. Take care. Bye-bye. I love that. And that is very, very accurate. No kidding. I mean, I, it, it's a great quote. I wish I would have thought of something like that because it really summed up the last debate. Yeah. With the, the, the clamoring, the craziness, the, you know, not letting Blitz, Wolf Blitzer, get a word in to try to, ha you know, have some sense of control over the situation. I also think that that quote is applicable to many Facebook conversations that I have <laughs> engaged in over the years. See, that is something you need to stop. I need to stop staring off into space at old ladies' faces. And I need to stop arguing with trolls. And you need to, you can't help yourself. I though. cannot help myself. Yeah, you're like a heroin addict. You just, you can't stop. I have a problem. You're chasing the dragon and the dragon <laughs> is Facebook arguments. You know, I just, I'm so hopeful about people and other humans <laughs> that I believe that if I engage them, Right. That something good will come of it, and that is generally not the case. Right. You're still waiting for that unicorn, mm -hmm. which would be something good coming from it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's do a little bit of follow-up before we move on to the big show. Bill Cosby apparently has dropped his defamation lawsuit. Temporarily. Oh, okay. It's like suspending a presidential campaign rather than just dropping out. Yes. So Bill Cosby <laughs> has temporarily dropped his defamation suit against model Beverly Johnson so that his legal team can focus on the criminal case in Pennsylvania. Quote, the case has been voluntarily dismissed at this time due to the pendency of the criminal proceedings in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. Sounds like an excuse. Which impede Mr. Cosby's ability to fully participate in litigating the civil case against Miss Johnson. We fully expect to refile the complaint against her prior to the expiration of the statute of limitations. Hmm. That was from his attorney. Right. I didn't think you were just rattling that off. No, I'm speaking on behalf of <laughs> Bill Cosby. The Cosby clan. So eloquently I did. You did. You do. So 
that I think is just posturing. I think they've dropped it for good because they they're sunk. Mm-hmm. That's a sinking ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other thing is it was Oscars this last weekend. I guess we could have talked about that in the intro segment, but we did not. It was Oscar weekend and best picture, which I th- was a surprise, but a good surprise was that Spotlight got best picture mm-hmm. at this year's Oscars. Yes. Spotlight, if you don't remember, we've talked about it a couple times, starred uh, Ruffalo and Michael Keaton. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Um, Leah Schreiber was in it. Stanley Tucci. Yeah, Stanley Tucci, right. So it was a movie about... Um, the Boston Globe and their spotlight team of reporters that uncovered systemic, like a hundred or so, seventy to a hundred priests who had raped many, many, many boys parishioners. So we are very happy that the movie did well. I really thought Revenant was going to take it, but it it was Spotlight. So that's uh, it's great. It's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, it's an important movie. Go go out there and watch it. It's actually like a perfect movie. Yeah, real good. Um, I think that I gave it five stars <laughs> um, <laughs> because it was a great movie, right? Well, that's why you would give a movie five stars. And yeah. that's why movies, or that's why this movie won Best Picture because it was so good. Well, it comes at an interesting time because some audio was released today of Cardinal Pell responding to a question about pedophilia that he was aware of. Well, he was, um, well, it's Cardinal George Pell, 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 Pell. It's Pell. Okay. Pell. Um, Pale is something in which you carry water. All right. Thank you. And so he, yes. So he was giving evidence, um, in Rome to Australia's Royal Commission on Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse, um, saying that he did not know whether pedophile priest Gerald Risdale was, if what he was doing and abusing kids was common knowledge. So he was giving this testimony to the Royal Commission. I, I couldn't say that I ever knew that everyone knew um, I knew a number of people did. Uh, I was a, I didn't know whether it was common knowledge or uh, whether it uh, wasn't. It's a sad story and it wasn't of much interest to me. What wasn't of much interest to you, Cardinal? Um, the suffering, of course, was real, and I very much uh, uh, regret that, but I had no reason to turn my mind to the extent of the evils that uh, Ridsdale uh, had perpetrated. Now, let me paint a picture for you. It is like a tele-video conference that's set up, and you've got two video monitors, and there's, they're obviously in remote locations, and he is the main person on screen. So that gasping that you heard was coming from the audience in one of the other rooms who was watching the attorney or whatever representative who was questioning him. And I want to play it one more time, the part where he says what he says. I want you to hear the reaction. It's a sad story and it wasn't of much interest to me. What wasn't of much interest to you, Cardinal? 
pretty crazy. Yeah, so what was disturbing about this is, well, what he said, that it's not of much interest to him. Um, He said, you know, a few people knew that he was a pedophile, but it wasn't of much interest to him. And he was one of them that knew. So then he goes on to say, um, I had no reason to turn my mind to the extent of the evils that Risdale had perpetrated. Right. What do you mean you had no reason to turn your mind to... First of all, the language is stupid. You're, you're just saying, I had no reason to think about it. I had no reason to address it. Yes, you did. You knew about it. Right. You are... You're a human being, an adult human being who has a responsibility. Right. You're also... You're, you're culpable here. Yeah. You are. Because you Someone knew... Someone under your employ. You knew. And it wasn't of much interest to you to protect children. That's what you're saying. That's a, There's no other way to interpret it. And what I'm confused about is... One, why they are calling him Cardinal. Can you just not call him that? <laughs> just call him asshole? Just call him George. I, he's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I yes. was talking or if this was a priest, whatever, you you don't need to use the vernacular that the church uses to recognize their uh, quote unquote authority. Yes. So he has no authority here, especially given what he's saying. You, you have no authority. I'm well, sorry. Well, it's buying in. To their fairy tale. Oh, what, what's your fairy tale title? Oh, this? Oh, it's uh, Monster Grande? Oh, okay. Excuse me, Monster Grande. Let me ask you. It's, fuck you. This, this is a secular goings-on. We don't have to scrape and bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand why this isn't uh, being reported everywhere. Yeah. Why this isn't being shared by every single human being that I know. It is horrific. This this needs to come out and more people need to be talking about what is wrong with the Catholic Church. Well, listen, it's very odd to me. At one point I thought, ah, it's just, you know, it's isolated. When they find out, they're horrified by it. But his reaction, as well as many, many others that we've played on the show, indicate that that's a common thing child rape must be so common amongst priests and clergy in the catholic church that it, it they can look at it so callously well why is he being so cavalier right i, I don't oh yeah you know it wasn't eh. i didn't have any concern for it yeah he's raping kids but eh, you know no, no, I, I, stuff I, had, going on. I had little reason to turn my mind to the extent of the evils. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's 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 brutally raping the kids. But come on. It's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> I got other shit to do. Right, right. It's fucking sickening. Well, and this is why Spotlight is so important. So if and you... he still has a fucking job. Yeah. He's still a cardinal. When this pope dies or quits, he's one of the dudes that gets to pick... The new Pope. Well, and so again, everyone who loves Pope Francis, what's Pope Francis doing to this guy? Right. Nothing. Should this guy be punished? He knew. Yeah. He should be defrocked. If you know and you do nothing, you should be fired. I mean. You shouldn't be one step below the Pope. That's what he is. It's like they have the president and several vice presidents. He's one of the vice presidents. It's it's ludicrous. Yeah. Well, here's more ludicrous news coming out of the Catholic Church. Well, it's not even... It, this is this is secular. A judge, I believe this is in Louisiana, has ruled that priests do not have to report on rape and abuse if they heard about it 
in confession. A Louisiana judge has struck down a state requirement that clergy members report suspected child abuse even if they learn about it during a private confessional. State District Judge Mike Caldwell ruled Friday that the requirement, a Louisiana Children's Code provision, violates the constitutionally protected religious freedom rights of a Roman Catholic priest accused of neglecting his duty to report a teenager's abuse allegations to the authority. Uh. The victim had confided to Jeff Behai during confession that she was being molested by a 64-year-old parishioner. Not only did he not report the abuse, but according to the victim, he offered appalling advice as well. In court, Judge Caldwell ruled that the priest's religious freedom rights would be violated if he was forced to talk about the alleged confession. Two years ago, the victim told the court that she went to see the priest seeking advice when she was 14 because she trusted him more than her parents. Court records show that when the victim went to see the priest, he told her, quote, this is your problem. Sweep it under the floor and get rid of it. Wow. What a loving man of God. So on the stand today, the priest said that he cannot confirm whether someone even came to confession. That's how sacred it is. He added no one would trust priests if confessions were public. Well, apparently no one should fucking trust priests anyway, because this is the way they deal with protecting the most innocent and vulnerable among us. It is a goddamn travesty. So this is pretty shocking because yes. they're 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 painting this as a religious freedom issue, but here you have a girl who's saying that she's being molested by a man and that's not something you want to report. That's something you that's information that you want to keep protected. Right. Well, it's let's look at it this way. If we put this in terms of a psychologist or a psychiatrist, if they learn of abuse They are required by law, am I right? Yes. Required by law under criminal prosecution Mm -hmm. if they do not report that abuse. Right. So why do they have it differently? Because of their fucking fairy tale. We should not have to bow and scrape to make sure that you don't have to do the right thing to protect children. Well, makes no sense. And they they should be in the business of doing the right thing, right? 53% of Americans right. believe that it's necessary to believe in God in order to be a moral person. Well, is this what moral people do? Listen, it is your rights, your religious rights, you asshole. They stop where that little girl's rights begin. Where's her right to be safe? Where's her liberty being protected? It is not. Well, and talk about a complete violation of trust. She went to the priest because she trusted him more than her parents. Right. She thought that she could go there and get help. And what happened? She didn't get help. Not only that, she got blamed. Further traumatized. Right. Further abused. You need to stop your molestation from happening to you. What? Right. Um, So this is the attitude that the Catholic Church has. About this issue. From top to bottom, it appears. I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand. And where's the Pope on this one, everybody? Where's everybody's favorite Pope? Crickets. Fucking crickets. Well, I don't have an answer for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's sickening. 
All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. All right. First and foremost, before we go on, I'd like to thank Jay, our latest, newest Patreon supporter. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. It is a beautiful thing to have the army <laughs> of supporters growing and really helping us move the conversation forward taking you know it is listen it's one of those things that i don't take lightly that people are giving of their hard earned money to give to us and i want to be a good steward of that money and because it really is a meaningful important thing so thank you guys so much all of our patreon supporters we appreciate you beyond Beyond words. So March 3rd, which is today for you, Thursday, is the next GOP Fox News debate. The rematch is Brittany Scalinet. Megan Kelly, Brett Baer, Chris Wallace, they're all back. And I'm so excited because Megan Kelly, she has to just be like so excited about right. Donald Trump being there and all this new S that has come up with... <laughs> The KKK, yeah, his right. tax returns, this New York Times off the record report, Which all this stuff, all will, this stuff. We will get to when we start officially. Okay, I'm just really Dollamocracy excited. Segment. I'm just so excited. No shit, no shit. So no S, no no S for Brittany. So if you <laughs> want to get in on this, on these awesome debate episodes that Kathy was talking about, all you have to do is go to Patreon.com/slash IData with Dollamore and join. Jay and the rest and you'll be getting all the passwords for the episodes and it will be a good good time and you can set the amount per episode you can set a monthly maximum you can do 25 cents 50 cents a dollar per episode you set the amount you pick it and then you're in you're in such an exclusive club that's no s Brittany Page that is no s Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So just yesterday was the Tuesday that is super. Super Tuesday, everybody. And it went down much like I expected it to. Kind of a runaway for Donald Trump. Uh, what? Well, I was going to make a joke, but it got ruined. <laughs> I was going to say that, you know, Ben Carson won every state. Oh, Just a right. sweep for Ben Carson. <laughs> no. Well, we should start there. Today, in maybe the weirdest announcement. Yeah, very strange. Ben Carson, after having performed just as poorly as you think he would have. Won no states. No states. I think he came in last in every single state. Yeah, he only got eight delegates. He came out today and said he's going to... He's not going to be participating in the debate tomorrow. Yes. How, however, 
He's not suspending his campaign yet. Right. But he says there's no path to the nomination. I don't think maybe he understands that suspending your campaign is what you do when you don't drop out. Right. That's the cop-out way to stay in the race. You're st- Oh, we're just suspending the campaign. Maybe he doesn't know the language. Yeah, I... Because this is... Who knows? What in the hell is he doing? I don't know. I mean, he says there's no path to the nomination, but I'm not dropping out, but I'm not going to go get free publicity at the debate tomorrow to continue getting more popularity, which is not going to happen anyway. Right, right. So I don't understand it, but I'm very happy he won't be at the debate because he only detracts and complains that he's not getting enough time, that he's not getting enough questions, and it should just be left to the top players to really duke it out. Plus... He, it's finally time he can go and take a nap. You know what I mean? <laughs> Catch up on all that sleep since he's so tired. Right. So let's get into Super Tuesday and kind of rapidly go through each of the states and kind of how it went down. Okay. So Donald Trump won seven states, Alaska, Arkansas, Georgia, Massachusetts, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. He did the best in Massachusetts, where he won 49% of the vote, and uh, Alabama, where he won 43% of the vote. He got 319 total delegates. Now, Ted Cruz came in second on Super Tuesday because he won three states. Texas, which is a big state. Texas. um, That's also where he is a senator. Oklahoma. Oklahoma and Alaska. And he did the best in Texas, obviously, where he won 44% of the vote. Marco Rubio won one state. Minnesota. Minnesota, (laughs) where he got 37% of the vote. So that was kind of a surprise because Marco Rubio has been really close with Ted Cruz, but he's been beating Ted Cruz coming in second in many of the states. So in terms of the Democrats, Hillary... Well, if... Ted Cruz had not taken Texas, it would be a whole different story delegate-wise for Rubio. It's only because that's his home state. Yeah, and I guess I should say that, that um, Ted Cruz got 226 delegates to Donald Trump's 319, and Marco Rubio got 110 delegates. John Kasich got 25, (laughs) just to throw that in there. So before I get to the Democrats, though, before we do that, let let me talk about, I think that... Up until yesterday, I had the I, I thought all these Republicans need to drop out and leave one of them to Rubio, preferably, to battle against Donald Trump. And I've changed my tune on that. I think now that they should all stay in, especially Cruz and Rubio, at least them, stay in until the very end and just cross their their normal sized fingers that and we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> And cross their fingers that Donald Trump doesn't reach the necessary delegate amount. And then maybe they'll have to work something out at the convention. Because that's the only hope at this point. It really is. It's it, it's a, 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 a crazy, sad fucking situation that we find ourselves in as a country right now. Okay. And the Republicans... Um... In terms of who's going to win, they need 1,237 delegates to win. That's right. So if you're wondering what the hell all this delegate stuff is, I'm going to read a little blurb here because I think that might be good. So voters in the presidential contest may not realize that they are not directly voting for a candidate. The primaries and caucuses are a process of selecting delegates or representatives of party members in each state to send to their party's national presidential nominating convention held in the summer. 
At both nominating conventions, delegates cast their vote for a particular candidate based on the preferences of the voters in the state they represent. Since the major parties typically identify a nominee prior to their respective conventions, this process is usually considered prefunctory. Currently, the Republican Party has about 2,472 delegates and Democrats have around 4,764 delegates. Though the main purpose of the primaries for both parties is to choose a candidate for president, the method by which this candidate is nominated varies by party affiliation and state, adding another layer of complexity. Republican and Democratic parties in each state select delegates based on either a primary vote or a caucus. And we've talked about the differences between those. Right. So that'll just give you a little bit of insight if you're curious or whatever, or if you're not living in the country. (laughs) So what about the Democrats? So Hillary Clinton won everything but four. <laughs> everything but five. Oh, but four. You're right. But four. Okay. Yeah. I can't Come read on now. these boxes. Okay. So she won Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Massachusetts, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia. She per- And she barely won Massachusetts. Very, very close between she and Bernie Sanders. Right. She was strongest in Alabama, seventy eight percent of the vote, and in Georgia, seventy one percent of the vote. Huh. Uh, Bernie Sanders won Colorado, Minnesota, Oklahoma, and Vermont. Right. Is there any consistency between those states that you see? A lot of white people. (laughs) Save maybe Oklahoma, but eh, it's a pretty white group of states, which is it it baffles me that he is not doing better with that African-American voting block. Yeah, it's It's very weird. It's very interesting. Um, Given... His response to Black Lives Matter protesters, given the release of the photos where he's been an ally for his whole entire life, all all of these things. I was I was messaging with a friend today and they were talking about the fact that maybe it doesn't really matter that he lost in those southern states, Alabama, because Alabama is not going to be a blue state. Alabama is going red no matter what Republican, no matter what. Mm -hmm. So. He he's not going to win that state anyway. Or or, or Texas. Hillary, Hillary Clinton is not going to win that state anyway. Mm-hmm. Who cares that Hillary Clinton won Texas? She's not going to win in Texas anyway. Right. So Bernie Sanders wouldn't have a hope there anyway. In those other states, Colorado is a swing state. Mm-hmm. That is where he could really turn some heads and make some strides. So if she's not doing well in Colorado, what's it going to look like for the general election? come time for her to run there right and bernie sanders was strongest in vermont with 86 percent of the vote well, home state and minnesota with 62 percent of the vote yeah um hillary clinton got 595 delegates and i, I want to be careful about reading numbers of delegates because reporters are being disingenuous and they're counting super delegates in with the totals and i i want to be real careful about that yeah, now that I'm looking at this, I think that I may have been reading it wrong. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll post a link to the article on the Facebook page, and yeah. people can go unfuck the numbers okay, for themselves. Okay, well, it, this New York Times article is a little confusing because it says delegates in black, and then March 1st parenthetically, and then it has delegate numbers for each candidate in black, and then a number with a plus sign in parentheses for each number. So anyway, I, I just yeah, yeah. I don't know what the f they're doing. So <laughs> yeah, get it together, New York Times. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe Donald Trump is right about you. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we get it. All right. 
it was a big day, and unfortunately, the country is <laughs> headed, you know, down the fucking tube. This is terrifying. Yeah. So let, let let's let's get to some of that. This terrifying bullshit that's going on. The the KKK controversy has kind of given Donald Trump a little bit of a respite from the questions about his tax returns. But I guess only Donald Trump would think that's positive because this might be a non-issue and the tax returns could be the real the real deal. You know what I mean? Right. But what we're going to do here, I'm going to reacquaint you with the interview with Jake Tapper where this was kind of all brought into the forefront, even though my YouTube video really should have been the catalyst, Brittany Page. It should have. <laughs> so... This is the initial question that Jake Tapper asked Donald Trump when he refused to disavow the Ku Klux Klan and David Duke and white supremacists in general. Will you unequivocally condemn David Duke and say that you don't want his vote or that of other white supremacists in this election? David Duke or that of any white supremacists in this election. Mm -hmm. And what was his response? Well, just so you understand, I don't know anything about David Duke, okay? I don't know anything about what you're even talking about with uh, white supremacy or white supremacists. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Did, did he endorse me or what's going on? Because, you know, I know nothing about David Duke. I know nothing about white supremacists. And so you're asking me a question that I'm supposed to be talking about people that I know nothing about. You don't have to know anything about them. All you have to say is, absolutely. If there are white supremacist groups who are are supporting me, fuck off. Well, I, don't, I don't need you. I, I think that white supremacy is abhorrent. Well, that's what's weird about him saying, well, I don't know what you're saying with this whole white supremacist, white supremacy. You know what that means. Right. You know what that phrase means. You went to an Ivy League school, hairpiece. So Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper restates the question. But I guess the question from the, from the Anti-Defamation League is, even if you don't know about their endorsement, there are these groups and individuals endorsing you. Would you just say unequivocally you condemn them and you don't want their support? Right? Mm -hmm. Would you say unequivocally? Right. Well, he answers and there's a little back and forth. And you've, we've, you've heard it before. But I just wanted you intimately familiar with the clip before we move on. Well, I have to look at the group. I mean, I don't know what group you're talking about. You wouldn't want me to condemn a group that I know nothing about. I'd have to look. If you would send me a list of the groups, I will do research on them. And certainly I would disavow if I thought there was something wrong. The but you Ku may Klux have Klan? groups in there that are totally fine and it would be very unfair. So give me a list of the groups and I'll let you know. Okay. I mean, I'm just talking about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan here, but... I don't know. Any, honestly, I don't know David Duke. I don't believe I've ever met him. I'm pretty sure I didn't meet him. And I just don't know anything about him. So this was almost perfect. But what would have been better is if he just said, yeah, I'm talking about the Ku Klux Klan. Right. He keeps going to David Duke instead of responding to the KKK. Right. So it would have been great if he just would have said the KKK. Right. Can it, you address that? Less, less wiggle room, even though yeah. this is still terrible. Yes, for sure. Well, we just listened to that, and we listened to it last show, and did you hear, Brittany Page, I'll ask you since you're here and the audience isn't filling 
filling the room here. Uh-huh. Um, did you hear Donald Trump seemed to be not able to hear? No. He seemed like he he understood all the words. He understood the content. Well, he, he understood the, the, the names, the players involved. He heard everything. Well, he repeated back, I don't know what you're saying about this whole white supremacist, white supremacy thing. He right. repeated the words back. In detail. Yes. So he went on the Today Show on Monday, and Matt Lauer and Savannah Guthrie did a pretty good goddamn job of holding his feet to the fire and listening to his ridiculous excuse for not disavowing the KKK. Let's talk about another issue that has bubbled up, and this is your comments on a CNN program where you were asked about David Duke, former Grand Wizard of the KKK. You said three times in this interview, I don't know who D David Duke is, and you refused to disavow or distance yourself from him. Now, a lot of people are scratching their heads over that because, number one, you disavowed David Duke two days prior. Why are you pretending that you are acting as though you don't know who this person is? Why not disavow David Duke, disavow the KKK? What's going on? Well, first of all, he talked about David Group and other groups. He talked about other yeah, groups. Yeah, but you said okay? three times, I, I don't me. know who David Duke excuse is. Me. No, no. Well, I know who he is, but I never met David Duke. So you, when you talk about it, I never met David Duke. But but so why? Did he say, I don't know David Duke? And then mm -hmm. when questioned, when pushed on the issue, well, uh, yeah, I know him, but, you know, uh, uh, uh. what is he? God damn, he is a disingenuous freak. Right. In 2000, you refused to run on the Reform Party platform because David Duke was a member of it. David Duke, a day before at a major press conference, and I'm saying to myself, how many times do I have to continue to disavow people? And the question was asked about David Duke and various groups. All right. Now here, I want you to hear what he just said. Was I disavowed David Duke on Friday. Plainly and clearly, I did that. So let's remind you what that session of disavowing David Duke sounded like. Mr. Trump, how do you feel about the recent endorsement from David Duke? I didn't even know he endorsed me. David Duke endorsed me? Okay. All right. I disavow. Okay? That's dismissive and shitty. Yes. That's, horrible attitude. That's not, oh, David Duke endorsed me? Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. Right. I don't care. I don't need his support. I don't want his support. White supremacy is an evil in this world, and I want nothing to do with it. Right. He's very dismissive. He's like, oh, David Duke? Yeah, I, I disavow. Okay. Right. He's not taking it seriously. Not at all. Let's continue with the Today Show interview. And I don't know who the groups are. I said, would you do me a favor and tell me the groups? He was unable Did not to say tell that. me. He says, I'm just talking meantime, about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan here. And you said, honestly, I well, don't know let, David let Duke. Okay, so let me tell you. I'm sitting in a house in Florida with a very bad earpiece that they gave me. And you could hardly hear what he was saying. But what I heard was various groups. And I don't mind disavowing anybody. And I disavowed David Duke. And I disavowed him the day before at a major news conference. Which is surprising because he was at the major news conference, CNN was at the major news conference, and they heard me very easily disavow David Duke. One more time, in case you missed it. Yes, sir. Mr. Trump, how do you feel about the recent endorsement from David Duke? 
didn't even know he endorsed me. David Duke endorsed me? Okay. All right. I disavow. Okay? Okay. 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 And so so he keeps saying, well, two days earlier, I disavowed him. Okay. So then why on CNN the did you say- day. Yes. Sunday. That you didn't know who he was. Why? He's not explaining the inconsistency. So I'm, I don't understand how his followers are- just accepting whatever he does, no matter how stupid it is. You know what I mean? Right. This is just unbelievable. It's inexplicable. And inexplicable. He was extremely disrespectful to Savannah Guthrie, which I did not appreciate. Right. Well, until Matt Lauer comes back in, and then he's back to more of a man-to-man, being respectful attitude. Right. Now I go and I sit down again. I have a lousy earpiece that is provided by them. And frankly, he talked about groups. He also talked about groups. And I have no problem with disavowing groups, but I'd at least like to know who they who they are. It would be very right. fair to disavow a group, Matt, if the group shouldn't be disavowed. I have to know who the groups are. But I disavowed David Duke. Now, if you look on Facebook, right after that, I also disavowed David Duke. When we looked at it and looked at the question, I disavowed David Duke. So I've disavowed David Duke all weekend long on Facebook, on Twitter, and really? obviously it's never enough. Real, real quickly, it was a big... Obviously, it's never enough. It's ridiculous. What a terrible human being. Well, it's just... I don't... I don't get it. It's disgusting. Listen, I'll tell you how many times you need to disavow a former member, a former grand wizard of the KKK. Every fucking time you're asked. Right. How is that a problem? Because if your ideologies line up so closely with a misogynistic, racist asshole, then you need to keep disavowing until people don't think that you're in league with that person. That is the answer. As many times as you're asked. And it's pretty it's pretty clear what you should say when the KKK is a part of the conversation. You can try to act like you don't know who David Duke is, that you have never met him, so suddenly you can't have an opinion on someone that you've never met, even though you know what he's about. It's the KKK. Right. And you can't get away from that piece, and you refuse to address that piece. So Yeah. I've never met John Hinckley Jr., but I think I can make some assessment of his character and who he is and mm-hmm. his mental state. Right. I, you know, th- you don't have to have met someone who has notoriety and has a history that is well known. You don't have to know them and have met them to make a judgment. Well, is he going to say, you know, oh, I never met Hitler, so <laughs> I never knew him. Well, uh... What about all the good stuff Hitler did? <laughs> I mean, he Donald Trump has had great things to say about Kim Jong Un. Oh yeah, Saddam Hussein, Vladimir Putin. Yeah, Gaddafi. Who knows? I mean, he has great feelings for these other very terrible people. He's, he's so. retweeting quotes of Mussolini. Yeah, Donald Trump's a fucking fascist. Let's just let's get it out of the way. Well, on the evening of Super Tuesday, Van Jones, who's a former Obama administration aide. And Jeffrey Lord, who is apparently a former Reagan administration aide, who is now in the deep, deep pockets of Donald Trump, 
He has to be getting paid. I'd see no other way around that. He's constantly on CNN, and all he does is defend every single move Donald Trump makes. That's his job. Even the craziest shit that Donald Trump says and does, Jeffrey Lord, he's all about it. Well, Van Jones and Jeffrey Lord got into a little bit of a dust-up. Something that doesn't typically happen when they have those panels of people. And their conversation was heated, and it contained very important stuff. We have a big problem at this point now, because I agree with you about a lot. I think that we have taken him not seriously. We have not respected his voters. But there is a dark underside here. And Essie is right. He is whipping up and tapping into and pushing buttons that are very, very frightening to me and frightening to a lot of people. Number one, when he is playing funny with the Klan, that is not cool. He didn't you, play hold funny on, with the Hold on a second. I know this man when he gets passionate about terrorism. I know how he talks about terrorism. The Klan is a terrorist organization that has killed... A leftist men- terrorist organization. You can, you can put whatever label you want you want. That's your, that's your game to play. No, it's no, no, that's important, your game to play. History. No, they're not... Level. We're not going to play that game. No, we're not gonna we, play we that are going to understand no, history. No, no, no. You need to take a serious look at the fact that this man has, is playing fast and loose and footsie. When, when you talk about terrorism, he gets passionate. He says, no, this is wrong. But when you talk about the Klan, oh, I don't know, I don't know. That's wrong. And then you came on the air... And you said, well, this is uh, just like when um, um, Reverend Wright was speaking. Yeah, Reverend Wright never yeah. lynched anybody. Reverend Wright never Reverend killed Wright anybody. Is, Reverend, Reverend Wright, Wright ne- is no, hold an anti-Semite. Reverend Wright never put anybody on a, on a post. And you guys play these word games. And it's wrong to do in America. It, it's is, wrong wrong to, to do. it is wrong to understand that these are not leftists. They were a What, the, they, what difference band, does it make if it you call them leftists? It makes a lot of difference. Band, call them t- Listen, I have my issues with Van Jones. But what he's saying is absolutely right. What does it fucking matter which side of the aisle you attribute their ideologies to come from? He, it's the KKK. It's an evil, pernicious group of men. Well, and they're not... It doesn't, it doesn't matter if they have right-leaning ideologies or left-leaning ideologies. It's hateful and shitty. Well, and they're not leftists. Absolutely not. So. Listen, they may their origins may have come out of the old ancient Democratic Party, but listen, the script has flipped. Right. The People... Republican the Republican Party is the party that freed the slaves. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. He was the first Republican president. Are the Republicans are they all about race relations and supporting the black population in the United States? No. They're not, clearly. And the KKK, the members of these racist organizations that talk about multiculturalism as white genocide and they're white separatists, these individuals are um, church-going people. They believe in God um, and they are conservatives. That is just a fact. It's a fact. There may be some that are leftists. Maybe, I guess. That's pretty unheard of. But most of these people are right-leaning and believers. Clearly, they're supporting Donald Trump. Clearly, they're right-leaning. They're supporting Donald Trump. And if you research the organizations like Aryan Nations, which used to be located in Hayden Lake, Idaho in the 90s. Yeah. Um, they had a Church of Christ on the property. And out front, it said Church of Christ on the property. And you had to be a Christian in order to go to Aryan Nations because there was right. a church 
you also had to be white to enter the property. <laughs> now, this is just the reality. So when he's like, these are Democrats, what are you talking about, Jeffrey Lord? It's ridiculous. I love the poorly educated. They kill we're, people. We're not, and you don't play games with that. We are, you you're right. You're right. That. And you don't hide and say that's not part of the base of the Democratic Party. That has been, they were the military arm, the terrorist arm of the Democratic Party, according to historians. That's For God's sakes, read your history. I'm not, listen, I'm not, I don't know. But I don't care. This whole attitude of dividing by race is still here. And this is I how Democrats do the deal. I don't care how they voted 50 years ago. I care about who they killed. And I, I care about American history. Stood, it counts. You have stood with Donald Trump. And you have made a case for Donald Trump when nobody else wanted to. And you've earned the respect of an awful lot of people. But when you do not acknowledge that he did not answer that question with the passion, he's answered with other terrorist organizations. You, you do yourself a disservice. You do your kids a disservice. He has made you, this you, point over and over and over again. This is a media thing here. Did he make a mistake? When he sure, but he has said this many, many times. I've gone back and looked. He's you, well on record over and over and over again that, on It's this. worse than that, sir. It's worse than that. That whole thing with those central jogger kids, he got the entire city of New York whipped up on this idea that these kids had done something wrong. And then when it turned out they were innocent, we all make mistakes. Right. He never apologized to those kids. And that's, that's a stain on him. And you can walk through time after time where he's done stuff like that. The stuff he said about Native Americans being you know, criminal uh, organizations and, and mafias, he said so but, many but ben, ben, things. What you're doing and, right here, what you're doing here is dividing people. We're all Americans here, I Ben. Have, you are dividing people. This is what liberals do. You are dividing people by race. I am you, not. This, I am, this is what liberalism is all about. The Klan divided you have people to, by you race. You have to divide the by Klan race. The kill people by race. And he had the opportunity. And he did and they did it They he did it to further the progressive agenda. Why do Hello? you... Listen, God damn. That is, first of all, so True. absurd. It is not The Democratic absurd. Party of the South in the old days was a racist party, and you are, you are correct, sir. They were a violent party, and you are How correct, How do you think sir. we got Woodrow Wilson but, elected? But hold on a second. Hold on a second. That's not the Democratic Party of today. So what are you talking about that for? You, you played these but games. It is the Democratic Party of today. Games. The Democratic Party of today divides by race. My, listen, you know, you know, I, got, I have a kid, seven years old. Right. He can't even watch. The, I, I used to look, want him to say, I don't want you watching the Kardashians. I want you watching the news so you can learn something. You know right. what? Watching all this nonsense in your party, he turns around and he says, you know, Dad, you're a liar. He doesn't even know what the word means, but he sees so much vitriol from your party. Right. He brings that into our house. Now we got to have him watch, you know, Nick Jr. He can't even observe civics because of what's going on in your party. The circus wing in your party. Do not play and, and tell Donald Trump. I, I, I know you. I trust you. Tell Donald Trump. He needs, for my children's sake, for the children's sake of America, if he's going to lead this country, he needs to be as passionate about what is happening we have to be in my, passionate. In we my have community to be, as anybody else. We have to be passionate about making sure that, as Robert Kennedy used to say, that this country is colorblind. We have to, as President Kennedy used to say in that Birmingham speech, that race has no place in American life or law. That's what we have to do. And we have lost that totally because the Democratic Party insists on dividing people by race, and it's wrong. I'm it's morally get- wrong. Uh, how does he sleep at night? Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Yeah, and he, it was interesting because this election coverage went on for hours and there were different people on the panel. They switched people out because it was on for hours. Right, right. But Jeffrey Lord was there the whole time. Right. Essie so, comes, she goes home. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Van Jones, he went home, but Jeffrey Lord stayed there. Well, they and can't, there's not that many people out there that support Trump, yeah. Who have sold their souls to Satan. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there, there's one thing I want to object to that, that uh, Van Jones said, and that was the circus wing of the Republican Party. And he's talking about 
all the candidates involved right now. I think the circus wing is just one candidate. I mean, it's become multiple. It's become Rubio. But they have to fight fire with fire. The circus wing is strictly Donald Trump. He started all this bullshit. And the only way to answer it is with, you know, the fun and games, the circus atmosphere. But he's right about, Van Jones, is right about this attitude that Trump is taking about the KKK thing. You know, it started off with, oh, Mexicans, they're, they're drug dealers, and they're, gonna, they're raping. They rape everybody. Ah, oh, they're rapists. And they're, they're going to take your jobs, and it's, it's alarm, alarm, alarm. And then it was Muslims. Oh, my God, they're dangerous. We, no Muslims can come into the country. It's too dangerous. They're too terrible. And then you ask him about the KKK, and it's, ah, yeah, I don't want to jump to conclusions. Mm-hmm. I want to, let's, uh, let's, let's hear him out. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're good. I don't know. His language and what he's not saying says far more than what he is saying. All right. Well, since I just mentioned Marco Rubio, <laughs> he has been out on the trail making waves for the small-handed Donald Trump. He's always calling me Little Marco. And I'll admit, the guy, he's taller than me. He's like 6'2", which is why I don't understand why his hands are the size of someone who's 5'2". Have you seen his hands? And you know what they say about men with small hands? You can't trust them. You can't trust them. <laughs> you can't trust them, Brittany Page. Yeah, now people, some people are criticizing this and yeah. saying that he shouldn't be speaking like this. But I think it's very funny. And I also think that where has this Marco Rubio been Well, this whole time? I agree fully. But also, I think it does serve, it serves to possibly get Donald Trump on tilt, which is a card, a poker term. Where if you lose a hand, a big hand, and you start acting erratically, it could fuck up your whole game because of one bad hand. And I think he's trying to tilt Donald Trump and get him to to go crazy and say and do shit that might damage him. I don't know. But it could work. It could. It's the same reason I talked to somebody today and I said, I am a little surprised that Donald Trump has said nothing in response to the Make Donald Trump campaign Mm -hmm. at all. He hasn't said anything to John Oliver. Which is interesting. And I think he's being counseled to just ignore it. Which has got to be so hard for Donald Trump. I think it's going to prove to be impossible. I think he's going to slip up at some point, and he's not going to be able to control it because you know it's an itch that needs to be scratched within him right now. Well, he always says... That when he is hit, he's right. going to hit back. He's a, I'm a counter puncher. Right. I, I, I hit back hard. I hit back hard. Right. Because that's a sign, a sign of strength to him is, is to constantly be engaging in these attacks. Right. So I'm, I, I think you're right. I think at some point he's going to have to just send out a tweet or something, right. call him a loser, call him a lightweight. Well, the other thing is, and this goes to, I think, John Oliver and the This Week Tonight crew, I think they're, that's part of the agenda. I think they're looking to get sued. And I say that because once when you enter into a lawsuit, 
depositions are taken. Your lawyers get to ask them as just a matter of discovery. They get to ask all kinds of questions. And they could ask specific things about stuff that Donald Trump lies about and such. And we could find out all kinds of stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the plan as just an added extra benefit. Well, moving on, and not far, <laughs> we're not moving on too far, Marco Rubio hasn't been the only funny guy on the campaign trail. Lindsey Graham, who is no longer running, and so not really on the campaign trail, gave a speech that was kind of a roast about the people in the presidential race, and uh, I don't know if he wrote all of this material himself, but goddamn... Lindsey Graham's funny. He is definitely a funny guy. Thank you. Let me get the little stool thing up. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I want to be like Trump. Huge. Uh, <laughs> 72 years ago, a woman could not be part of the American experience. If you don't vote, that's coming back in 2017. <laughs> But look how far you come. The most dishonest person in America is a woman. <laughs> Who's about to be president. <laughs> how could that be? My party is going bash crazy. <laughs> if we don't win this election, when are we ever going to win one? That's not meant to be funny. A good Republican would defend Ted Cruz after tonight. That ain't happening. <laughs> if you killed Ted Cruz on the floor of the Senate and the trial was in the Senate, nobody could convict you. <laughs> to the women who left the kitchen tonight to come, thank you all very much. Reference to a John Kasich comment. John Kasich needs your help. He's the moderate <laughs> with a good heart. <laughs> the nice guy is Ben Carson. He tried to kill his cousin. <laughs> and hit his mother in the head with a hammer. <laughs> He's the one we all like. <laughs> How did I lose to these guys? <laughs> Then there's Marco, the boy wonder. I'm not saying he will change his positions, but he will change his positions. <laughs> the Secret Service's main job, if he's president, is to keep him hydrated. <laughs> I was asked the hardest question in my political life. Do you agree with Donald Trump that Ted Cruz is the biggest liar in politics? <laughs> Too close to call. <laughs> I know exactly when Ted's going to drop out of the race. March 12th. That's Canadian week at Myrtle Beach. <laughs> when all of our Canadian friends get 10% off. 
but I will say that our Canadian is better than your Kenyan. Uh, well, at least Canada is closer to America than Kenya. This is a step in the right direction. But Donald, I am literally running out of adjectives. I don't know how I can best describe Donald Trump, but I can say this, that I don't think he understands what makes America great. And I know I'm supposed to be funny, but I'm not really happy about where the country is right now. I could make a million Donald Trump jokes, and I have, but our party and our country is going to have to up its game. Too late, buddy. Too late. Yeah, I wonder if, one, he was drunk during that because he was laughing at all his own jokes. Well, that's not a sign of being drunk. He's like performing like Bill Maher, um, <laughs> laughing at all his own jokes. And uh, I thought the Kenya joke was stupid and dumb. He's not a comedian. He's a sitting U.S. senator. Yeah, well. The only comedian who's a sitting U.S. senator. Al Franken. Is Al Franken from Minnesota. Yes. And what do you do in Minnesota other than you got to be funny because there's nothing else to fucking do. You know what I mean? I guess. All right. Well, listen, like I've said, this is the end of the Republican Party as we know it. They're either going to have to reorganize and become something different or just go away because the political climate in this country relative to acceptance and tolerance is the way of the future. These KKK wing of the Republican Party is dying. It may seem like they are powerful right now. It may seem like they are dominant. But this isn't a general election. This is a primary. It is a different animal. Come the end of March. All right, we're going to wrap it up with a little taken care of biz. Taking care of biz. So we're going to do an unusual taking care of biz. Unusual? Yes, because we don't usually have celebrities that are taking care of biz. We don't do a lot of celebrity anything. Right. But So they must be really taking care of some biz. Well, this article was trending on Facebook. Oh, so it's really good then. No, and I saw it, (laughs) and I thought it was interesting, and so I clicked on it and read it. So Susan Sarandon's daughter... I didn't know who either one of these people were, by the way. Are they really celebrities, or is it just because... Well, it's Susan Sarandon's daughter. Is that the only reason? She was in Saved... The movie. Oh, that's her. Yes. The the juvenile delinquent chick. Yes. Oh, okay. With, yeah. With Macaulay Culkin and uh, Jenna Malone and Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore, right. Saved. It's actually a pretty good movie if you, I, if you watch it. I've watched it several times. It's one of those that if it's on, I get sucked in and have to finish watching it. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. Um, So Susan Sarandon's daughter, Ava Amuri. Don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Probably not. <laughs> She claims that her husband fired their family nanny after she tried to flirt with him while his wife... After the nanny tried to flirt with the husband. Right, after the wife was away on business. Hmm. So what happened was the husband got a text to his phone that the nanny was sending to someone else. Like she was sending it to him, but it was written to someone else. 
and it said, OMG, girl, did I mention to you how hot and sexy my boss is? I would love to F his brains out. Ha 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 ha. Too bad he seems not to like thick Latin women with lots to hold on to. LOL. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> so she sent that to so the husband. Do you do you think it was one of those deals where she wanted to make it seem like, oops, just sent it to the wrong person, but now you know what my intentions are? Yeah. I, it seemed like that to me. Right. So the husband, remember his wife is away on business. Out of town. He's caring for the this baby that's 18 months old, and he sees that the nanny is peeping through the curtains of their bedroom window. This is after the text. Yes. Okay. And he said right then he realized that the text message was not a mistake. So he confronted her. He recorded the conversation on his iPhone. Uh, She claimed she had only been in their bedroom because she was looking for him, apologized for the text, said that she was just messing around with a friend, didn't mean any harm. So he sent her packing, gave her her last paycheck, just cut it off clean. Without banging her. Without banging her. So (laughs) Ben Affleck... Take note. Um, Yeah. So many of those guys. Or anybody else. Um, I just thought, you know, this shouldn't be a surprising article. But You shouldn't be getting taking care of biz. For just doing the right thing. For doing the right fucking thing. But you never hear about this. Yeah. Right? So it's nice that he got this text and he wasn't like, oh, you know, this is. Wife's away. Why not get my, you know. With my Latina lady. Get a little nanny poon. Yeah. And. No, he just said no, no dice. Yeah? You're fired. Yoink! Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Yeah, taking care of biz. It's a nice little story. All right. That is it for episode 199. Can you believe it? Next time, our our next numbered episode will be episode 200, in which we have nothing special planned. <laughs> it will be a normal episode. Filled with news. News. And ridiculous comment. We are going to leave you there. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you very much. If you'd like to get in on the debate episode that are Patreon only, go to patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Or if you'd like to support the show other than that and listening twice a week, go to the support the show link on dollamore.com. And you could buy something on Amazon or donate through PayPal or just blow us a kiss from wherever you're standing. We appreciate it. And Nikki, we hope that the option to live in your shed is still available given the results of Super Tuesday. Absolutely. Thank you. The other thing, since last episode, I did not drop the phone number one time. 657-464-7609. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. And we will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore. This has been I Doubt It. And you know what they say about men with small hands? <laughs> <laughs>